want to remember some that are on the road today and also some that are under the weather today. And uh, speaking of weather, I want to thank God for going on 10 years of no hurricanes here. And we need to give God thanks for that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He's a great God, and I, I certainly appreciate his divine protection. All the blessings that he gives to us. If you have a Bible this morning, I'm turning to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. All right, 9 and 51. We'll begin reading. It came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and set messengers before his face. And they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, Wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. I'd like to minister for a little while on a very determined Savior. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. You know, the Bible said that in the womb, there was two nations, that there was the one that would, what we read, looking back, it was Esau. And the Lord did not think well or kindly of Esau because Esau represented carnality. He represented natural. He represented everything that was opposite spiritual. Whereas the second twin was Jacob, who would become known later as Israel, and that Jacob represented the spiritual, he represented the godly, whereas Esau represented the ungodly, Jacob represented the godly. He represented the spiritual things, the uh, desire for spiritual things. He had a um, 
a leaning towards the spiritual side. He reacted to things that God was doing and what made God happy, excited. Jacob leaned that way. He, he was inclined in that direction. He seemed to, shall we say, give in to that, yield himself to that nature, as opposed to Esau represented men of the world, people of the world, who were inclined to go in natural directions and to desire worldly and natural things. Two different kinds of spirits shown here, two different kinds of attitudes, if you please. And Jesus is telling us in his word, showing us in his word, through this and other examples. One of them is, uh, you can find in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 17, you find that there was uh, teaching about how that certain people were running into problems and they figured it out. They said it's because we don't know the manner of the God of this land. And they were having problems. And they decided what we need to do is we need to go get some of the priests or preachers of the people that we drove out of here. We need to get them, or one of them at least, in here and teach us how to do it. What the manner of the God of this land is. So that we quit having these problems we're having. We've got to find a way to please him. We've got to learn what pleases him. It makes him happy. And uh, so they did. So they did. They sent for one of the preachers that, of the people that they had driven out of the land. And uh, they brought him in and they said, teach us about your God. Teach us the manner of your God. Because we, we want to learn how to get along with him. We want to learn how to please him. We're suffering some severe consequences here. And uh, we really need to change that. And teach us, please. And so he began to teach them. Problem was that <clears throat> they said, okay, we, uh, they only did it kind of half-heartedly. They felt like they could learn what God wanted but they could still continue in doing other things. And uh, kind of sounds like brackish water, doesn't it? Not quite fresh, not quite salt. And uh, they were kind of mixing things up there. And, and it was not exactly, 
going to bring about the desired results that they were looking for. The Bible talked about being double-minded, double-hearted, and uh, we <clears throat> see here that as Jesus is about his earthly ministry, and he's en route to Jerusalem, knowing what's awaiting him, knowing that he's going to be taken by wicked, unbelieving hands, Esau-like hands, and uh, they're going to beat him, and they're going to whip him, and they're going to insult him, and they're going to eventually crucify him, for he is the lamb. And so, the disciples had gone ahead of Jesus. They said, we're going to go get things, kind of prepare the way. And these people, they were displeased. They couldn't quite grasp the big picture. They only thought about themselves, and they were proud, and consequently, having caught the drift that Jesus was going to kind of make a token visit to their area because he had more pressing matters. And they didn't want him at all. They said, you know, you're going to be like that. Don't, don't bother coming at all. They realized that Jesus' mind and heart was set on the goal. You know, everybody, everybody isn't going to be receptive to the spiritual side of life. There are going to be those who mock and disdain, look down on, make fun of, ridicule, and just out and out show that it's not their cup of tea. It's not their thing. And when people don't like the spiritual side, the godly side, then they don't want anybody else to like it either. They set out to influence people, you know, to go in the wrong direction and to come and go with us and do what we're doing. Go where we're going. Act like we're acting. I told young preacher one time, and maybe several on different occasions, I said, just remember, they're not going to want you just to be with them. I said, they're going to want you to be like them. And whatever they're running to, they're going to want you to run to it. However they're acting, they're going to want you to act that way. Whatever their conversation or lifestyle is, that's how they're going to want yours to become. They're going to want you to join in with them. Because the Bible said that men love darkness. They didn't love light. They love darkness. Because their deeds were evil. Because they know that they're doing wrong. And they know that they're, especially if they've had some kind of training and teaching about the manner of God, 
the way God does things, what God demands and commands of us, and they're not doing it, but they have knowledge of it, then there's a conviction. There's a, a fighting that takes place. The Bible talked about the two natures being contrary one to the other. So there's a battle that ensues. And it's, uh, they asked an Indian one time, and he said, well, it's like two dogs inside of me. And they said, well, which one wins? He said, the one I feed the most. So it's important for you and I to string together some good spiritual experiences. Because the more that we do that, the more we're feeding the spiritual side. And in feeding the spiritual side, we begin to desire more and more of the things that show us the manner of God, the way of God, the uh, conduct that God would have of us. And so, as Jesus manifested clearly that his mind was set, his mind was made up, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go that way. I'm not going to involve myself with those things. I'm not going to deviate one way or the other. The goal is straight ahead, and I'm going to press toward that mark. I'm going to go in that direction. But I want you to understand, when the disciples, the disciples took offense, and they didn't like it that these people showed such an attitude against Jesus. And they, they said, well, what about if, would you want us to, we could call down fire from heaven and consume them like Elias did. And they pulled a page out of history, biblical history. And uh, the Lord said, he rebuked them, the Bible says. He spoke to them sharply. He put them in their place. He wanted to make a very strong impression on them. And he said, Ye know not what manner of spirit you're of. What you're saying does not reflect God's spirit, God's attitude doesn't reflect that at all. And they, uh, he went on to say, for the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. We have a very determined Savior. He wants everybody to come to repentance. He wants everybody to be saved, to be delivered from sin and from evil spirits and from bad, nasty attitudes. Now, I'm going to say something, and I don't want you to get offended, ladies. 
and you know, if if it does, if the shoe doesn't fit, you've got no problem. Okay. And uh, but um, I have witnessed, I have seen with my own eyes, heard with my own ears, comprehended with my own heart and mind. And sometimes I wish I could tell some ladies that I care a lot about, I wish I could tell them, you're stupid, stupid, stupid. That would win me a lot of applause, wouldn't it? You know, God gives us sometimes good men. And men, good men are, are rare. They're hard to find. Gives us good men. Gives us providers. Gives us men that aren't running around with other women. That they're not drunkards. Dope addicts. And that they're hard workers. They go to church. They are making a good attempt to live for God. And, uh, you know, I, I keep seeing women that they all think they're princesses. Maybe beyond that, they think they're the queen. And they're just so la-di-da. They just act like all that. They're all that. And I'm like, do you realize that the ratio is three to one, at least? There's three women for every man. More women than there are men. And that there's a lot of them out there who would just like to latch on to somebody and feel like they got themselves a meal ticket. I want to tell you that you need to appreciate what God is providing, what God is giving. I can flip it around. I can say the same thing to men and have about God giving a good woman, a godly woman, a spiritual woman, a woman that loves God and wants to be serving God, wants to be a good wife and a good mother, and wants to, dare I say, clean the house, do the laundry, wash the dishes, you know, and uh, try to somehow be appreciative of what God is providing, what God is giving, learning the manner of our God, the ways of our God. The Bible said that these people, after getting some teaching, begin to involve themselves in the manner of the people of the land. They begin to draw on the ways if you please, of the world. 
and they begin to copy their way, do things like they did it. Now, I'm going to tell you again, we don't need to have anything to do with Hollywood. We don't need their ways. We don't need their spirits. We do not need their attitudes. We do not need the way they act and walk. I've been hearing for the last couple of years that different ones vacation in Las Vegas. I'm like, what is in Las Vegas that a Holy Ghost person would want? What, what would possibly draw a Holy Ghost, God-fearing, I trust, person to want to go and just jump in that kind of septic tank and water around in it? Jesus said, you don't know what manner of spirit you're of. Not at all. Let me learn of him. He's told me to do that. Let me strive against my flesh. Wherein dwells no good thing. Let me beat it down. Let me mortify it. Let me render it useless. And let me come alive. Help me, God, to get alive in the spiritual. Help me to light up when it's church time. Help me to, to be so excited about the things that your word teaches. Let me, to, let me somehow, God, uh, catch the big picture here. That you're determined to save me from sin and from myself, that you, you continually reach for me. You continually correct me. You continually shower me. Isn't it not written, behold, or take a look at what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us? Oh, friend, he loves us. He's very tolerant of us. And he, in the days of his flesh, when God was manifest in the flesh, he showed it. He demonstrated it. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to the cross. I'm doing that because I'm going to give my life. No man takes it from me. I'm going to lay down my life. And though I could protest my innocence, though I could call, pray and call legions of angels and defend myself more than adequately, I will lay down my life. I will give myself as a sacrifice. I will shed the blood of God. 
because I've come not to destroy. I've come to save. I've come to... And then, he, you know, he goes to the cross. He's nailed up there. He's stretched out. He's hanging on the goalposts of eternity between heaven and earth. He's got thieves and murderers on either side. And they're jeering at him and, and they're mocking him and just saying all manner of rather mean and nasty things while he's hanging there, you know, and his insides are hanging out. And he's been beaten to a pulp. He's 361 stripes, crown of thorns in his head, two inches long, pressed down. And uh, having to deal with the mental side and aspect of it, knowing that he didn't do anything wrong and that he didn't deserve the evil that they were giving him for the good that he did. As he said in one place, for which good work do you stone me? And as they came by, wagging their tongues and mocking him and telling him, if you be who you say you are, come on down off of there. He said all kinds of things. But you see, his mind was on the big picture. He was thinking, if I come down off of here, I'm not helping you. If I come down off of here, I'm dooming you. I, if I come down off of here, I'm destroying you. But if I give my life on this cross, I'm saving you. I'm saving you. I'm saving you. You know, church family, sometimes the things that we are learning of God and we're trying to practice and striving, I trust, to practice. That makes us a part of the big picture of trying to save lost people. Trying to be a light and an example to people who don't know any better, who are confused, and mixed up, distracted, going in all kinds of other directions. Because they're following trends. They're making men and women of the world their models, their role models. And they're caught up in silly and frivolous things. And it affects them. Now, what we want to have the greater effect on us is the Spirit and the Word of the Lord. We want that to, what did it say in one place, let the peace of God rule in your heart. We want the Lord to be ruling in our heart. We want the teachings to take the priority in our life. So if you battle, if you battle 
if, it, if you find it difficult to break away. And that can happen. There are things that can latch on, things that can really get a grip on us. And we've got to pray. We've got to ask God to help us. That the Holy Ghost, His, His great Spirit, the gift of God that He's given to us, would help us, lead and guide us into all truth. So that we could break away. We could break the grip of very addicting things. Our flesh is easily addicted. And somehow or another, we get this buzz, we get this feeling, you know, that this is really good and this is really cool. We're not aware of the damage that is being done in our hearts and, may, and many other parts of us that we're, you know, sin is deceitful, but it's also destructive. Destructive. We have examples, good examples. And he told us about what manner of persons we ought to be being aware of what's taking place in the world around us. That we would sit up and take notice. That would, we would be thinking and discerning what's going on all around us. And uh, that we could realize that the world is lost. The old saying, going to hell in a handbasket. And that you and I have the answer. We possess, you know, remember the guy that lifted up his eyes in hell and, and begin to realize that he failed his family. He failed his brothers. And he began to beg and plead and pray. Send somebody back. Because I failed to do it. I didn't do it. I just went along with the crowd. I just found myself caught away, even as them, as it is written, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. When that flood came and swept them all away. They just got caught up. Everything that was going on. All the lights. All of the inventions. All of the attitudes. We need to take an, an, a manner of spirit, an attitude of, I don't care what they're doing. I don't care how they portray it, how they live it, and what they get all excited about. You know? saw this kid yesterday, had long hair, and uh, coming out of his ball cap, long hair down his back, and to match that, he had a beard long. You know? 
and uh, he had all the other look about him, you know. Everything was a certain style and a certain thing. And, um, you know, church family, we don't want to be like that. We don't want our young people to be like that. We don't want our, our children and our children's children. Got to watch this drifting, this letting down, this relaxation, this careless ease. We've got to be very, very cautious. Every day, every day, the ocean is coming in. It's pounding relentlessly. And as it does hit the shore, it's pulling back and taking with it through erosion more and more turf, sand, dirt, dirt, soil. And you know when it when it does its thing more and more, it begins to undermine. And that's where you get mudslides from. Rain constantly falling. It makes furrows and rivulets and it weakens underneath and causes tremendous mudslides that will like hold mountains and they'll just wipe out houses and push cars all over the place and you know. Nature is a force to be reckoned with. And there is a nature to the carnal side of life. There's a nature. And it doesn't come to do anything good. That nature rises up to do what the enemy likes, not what God likes. And you and I, we know the difference. We've been blessed to know the difference. And so consequently, we need to know what manner of person that we ought to be in the generation in which we're living. Compliment was paid by God to David that he was a man after God's own heart. He thought like God thought. And consequently, most of the time, he acted like God wanted him to act. Doesn't mean he was perfect. Doesn't mean he never made a mistake. But he sure knew how to repent. He knew how to fall on his face and let God know I blew it. I need your help. I need help to yield to the right spirit, the right attitude. As a matter of fact, creating me a clean heart and renew within me that right spirit. Help me to be appreciative. Help me to be thankful. Help me to be oh so glad for all the things you've done and all the things you're doing. If you've got a good husband, you should be thankful. If you've got a good wife, you should be thankful. If you've got 
a great salvation. You have a... You know, some people get in bad habits. They just get in bad habits. You know, if you don't correct a child, they're always picking their nose. They'll grow up to be adults picking their nose. They'll be sitting at the traffic light picking their nose. And you'll like look over and go, oh, yeah. Just a simple example. But there are, we are creatures with habits. And we want to get in the, we want to develop the right habits. We want to build it around the, the godly things, the right things. Because he said, you know, the elements are going to melt with a fervent heat. And that this earth is going to be destroyed by fire. And knowing these things, he said, what manner of persons ought you to be? How should you conduct yourself? What should your spirit and your attitude be? You know? You don't want to be a griper. You You want to gripe, 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 gripe. Complain, 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 complain. I don't want to be like that. Doesn't make for strong marriages. Doesn't make for good relationships. It, it doesn't make for a good walk with God. But a person who's lifting their heart with their hands and bringing praise and worship and that out of their mouth is coming good things, appreciative things, dare I say, happy things. Um, that person is, is showing that they're developing a personality that's built around the way God does things, the way God wants things done. In going to the cross, you know, the Bible said that he was like a lamb led to the slaughter, yet he opened not his mouth. Oh, friends. Talking about a determined Savior. He wants to save us. He wants to save us. Jose, come here. Give me your hand. Put your foot on me. You know, that was easy, wasn't it? Okay, you can go sit down. I'm going to take on a little challenge now. My stout brother. We're going to act a little bit. Okay. What I'm saying is, thank you for being so cooperative. Some of us are a little harder to save than others is the point. <laughs> the Bible did say lay aside every weight. There are things that weight us down. You know? If you just fill in yourself with television and movies and, and social media, 
you know? Until, you know, you become like the woman. I thought I told you one time at least. And she's on the street corner in New York City in front of a very famous uh, department store. And there's plenty of those. Pick, Take your pick. And uh, all of a sudden she spots a woman comes out of the department store. And she walks up to the woman and she slaps her across the face. And she said, that's for doing this and so to this and so. The woman she slapped was an actress on a soap opera. What they say in Spanish? Novella? Yeah. She was so caught up in fantasy. But she, she couldn't discern. The woman was an actress. It's just, it's just acting. It's not reality. But, you know, your whole life, whether the Jamaicans say, sing, I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. What are you wrapped up in? What is your mind wrapped up in? What are, what are, what's going on? Why do, why do I find that some people are looking different, acting different, showing leanings in wrong directions, inclinations for wrong things. And it becomes more and more about the world, less and less about Jesus. When we serve a very determined Savior, that in the midst of it all, He's reaching for us. He's talking to us. He's trying to grip us. Pull us out of the fire. And believe me, the fire is reaching up. Hell hath moved herself to meet thee at thy coming. Oh, yeah. Bible talked about not given to those that are whose ways are movable. Well, hell's movable. And there are people that are given to change. There's nothing solid and steadfast. When in, in reality the Bible tells us to be steadfast. To be unmovable. That we should always be abounding in the great work of the Lord. And we can do this because we have a determined Savior. Because He's ever at our side. He's encouraging us. Even as I this morning, I'm not here to beat you up. But I've got to make you aware. I can't stand by mute and not say anything. There's a constant attack. Constant. The dragon, he's mad. And he's racing around knowing that he has but a short time. And his whole goal is to destroy the church. 
to destroy what the church stands for. He wants to destroy the ways of God, the manner of God, how God does things, how God wants things done. He wants to destroy. He doesn't want the uh, children and the children's children to in any way resemble what we have here today. He wants that removed very far. And I would say a distant memory, but he does he wants to destroy the memory. I believe that there are things that are coming upon this earth. You know, they're more and more, they're gaining control. They're devising ways and means to control things. They're setting up databases. They want to know everything about you and everything about your child. They want to do retina scans in the schools. They want to know your child better than you know your child. And they're teaching. Now, they're not teaching the ways of God. Unless it's that small g God of this world. And they're uh, indoctrinating more and more that young people are going to be raised up to think this is how you do it. And that the ways of God will be foreign to them. And that they will be much more inclined to do things the way the large majority does things. And the church, I told my wife, I gave a, a framed poster as a gift to somebody one time in the, in it was a lighthouse. And it was a stone lighthouse. And all around it was raging waves of the sea. I mean, and the person that peeked out of the door of the lighthouse, you know, you could tell, oh, got to get back in and shut the door here, seal it, because of the onslaught of the, the ocean, the seas that was beating upon it. And that's how the church is. We are standing by the grace of God against the forces that are pounding against what we stand for, the ways of God. And people wonder why they have all these problems. You know, I don't know if you read about the nine-year-old girl that shot and killed her instructor. They were, he was teaching her how to shoot a gun. Not just a gun. 
but a machine gun, nine years old. And, and uh, I, I guess the thing just went off and shot the guy in the head, killed him. Had a wife, a couple of kids, bullet hit him in the brain, killed him. But it's all the rage to go to the gun range, learn how to shoot. Every trend, every fashion. I remember back quite a few years now that there was a certain movie and video and even a game fashioned after it. And they told how many murders were committed, shown, visualized in just a matter of minutes. And all that's going in to that very fertile mind. You know. These are not things that we want to learn. These are not things that we want our children to learn, nor their children to learn. But God's Word is telling us, particularly in Deuteronomy chapter 6, that the ways of God are what we want to keep reciting over and over to our children that they will learn that and that they will not only they will learn it but they will teach their children that it's generational be passed down and passed down kept alive knowing how important it is how important it is we have a very determined Savior you know he, he ignored a lot of things to stay on course, to get the job done, to save us, to deliver us, to pull us out of the fire. And in so doing, he said, you're going to do greater things than me because he's counting on us in numbers, replicating, taking it to a lost and dying world. He's counting on us not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, but that we would gather in, that we would worship, that we would praise, that we would remember that he's in our midst when we do so. He's in our midst. He's counting on us as the church to be the light, the city that's set on the hill. And that as we go about our daily business, that our jobs or shopping or whatever it might be, that people will see the light that we have. And in so doing that it will cause them to glorify our Father. Not us, but our Father, which is in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. You know, that they, that they would see something real, that they would see a life that is truly blessed. You know, truly blessed.
a determined Savior that in spite of our weaknesses and our shortcomings and our stubbornness and our stupidity, that, and, and I, I have to say that sometimes I'm, I'm set back and I marvel at how, how much we shoot ourselves in the foot, <laughs> how much we, we hurt ourselves and set ourselves back and set our children back. God, help us to think spiritually, to have a, that I want to shape and mold and train and discipline and teach my child, you know, and then hope that they don't hook up with somebody that has no spiritual drive about them whatsoever. That they can't even lift their hands or they it's a real effort to go to church or they don't honor God in so many ways that he's certainly deserving of being honored. But rather that we could, you know, that's one of the reasons that there are still Jewish people in the earth is because they worked very hard not to lose their identity. Everybody said, praise the Lord. They set about to devise methods so that they would not lose their identity from generation to generation. Now, there's some things they never got to lose, that's for sure, unfortunately. But as far as the Old Testament and the law, a lot of very good things that they kept and they maintained. They kept high maintenance about it. And they passed it on down. And so consequently, they have been able to survive while other civilizations were the Phoenicians. You know? And many others that you could name. Where are they? They're gone. They're gone. Never to rise again. But the Jewish, because up to a point, they kept the word of God. They kept the teachings of God. They kept that identity. And they passed it down. How much more we as the church, the body of Christ, okay? Because we have the whole truth. We don't just have part of it. We got the whole enchilada. Okay? We got it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're so determined to save me, Lord, in spite of myself. So let's not be stupid, stupid, stupid. Let's not be silly, silly, silly. Let's not be childish. Paul said, when I became a man or an adult, I put away the childish things. 
He taught that evil communication corrupt good manners. So I don't want to get around the wrong kind of people. I don't want to hear the wrong kind of things. I don't, I don't, one, one place it said they corrupted themselves. So I don't want there to be a self-corrupting thing going on here. I want to try to help myself. And all the while knowing that I've got a very determined Savior who's trying to help me. I'm given divine help, the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm given divine help. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give God a big hand. You know, Jesus could have, and he did in other places in subject matter, make it clear that it's the enemy that comes to destroy. So you got to get a, a proper take on Jesus, on the church, on the leadership, that it is not just trying to destroy you, it's trying to save you. Trying to save you from the enemy, trying to save you from yourself, trying to save you from the bad manners of this world, trying to keep you from adopting how they do things. Because he's trying to save you. Because he's not willing that any should perish. Not that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. God wants everybody to come and repent. He wants everybody to come and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He wants everybody to receive the free gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So it's good, really, to get under a burden for yourself a little bit. I need to, I need to pray. I need to get this flesh beat down. And I certainly need to get under a burden for my children or the children in Sunday school. I need to get under a burden for a lost and dying world particularly the one that I traverse in day in and day out. Oh God, help me to be determined, to be determined, to be the manner of person that you would have me to be. That when the heavens are on fire, I'll be with you. Mm -hmm. When the earth is dislodged from its orbit, and begins to plummet eternally, that I'll be with you. When people will scream and gnash their teeth and eat their own flesh or try to, that I, I'll be with you. It's going to be worth it all. Everything you deny yourself or your flesh of, it's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. Shall we stand together? God love your heart. What manner? What manner of person? We'll have the love of God. We'll have the joy of God.
We'll have the peace of God. We'll have the goodness of God. When Christ, who is our lives, He is our life. And our life is hid in Him. Okay? I don't want to miss church over any little excuse. You know? If you pay attention to every ache and every pain, you know, you'll never do nothing. But I'll tell you what, when the flesh gets geared up and there's something the flesh wants to do, suddenly the aches and the pains disappear. They just disappear. So, let us be zealous for the right thing. Let us be zealous for the Lord. I'm glad for everybody to get a little break. A lawful break. Done in a lawful manner. I'm glad for that. I think it's healthy. But I also want to remember that I've I've got a God to serve no matter where I go. I've got a, a truth to reflect. I've got a light to shine. I've got a great calling. It's a heavenly calling, a holy calling, a righteous calling. I want to appreciate my salvation. I want husbands to appreciate their wives, wives to appreciate their husbands. I want young people to appreciate their parent or parents and guardians and uh, their Sunday school teachers, their leadership. That's what we want to do. We want to create a culture, a godly culture with respect. You know, with respect. And everybody said amen. Let's give God a big hand. Come on. Oh, yeah. Come on now.